What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. It's been a minute. We've been gone for almost a month. I have Simon Clancy here. I do not have Chris Kaufman. He's dealing with a family situation. He should be back next week. Well, Simon, what did you do with your time off from Three Yards Per Carry? I mean, you make it out like we've been away for months. It's been like nah, three weeks. So I've literally done nothing. It felt like sport. Try, I've tried to work on, I know you've missed us that much. Uh, um, I've tried to work on um, being funnier because that's obviously been a thing. And my plagiarism because that's also been a thing. <laughs> yeah, that was, it's been an interesting, I would say two weeks because it hasn't been all three weeks, but an interesting two weeks on Twitter. Yeah, I've been a part of a few polls. I've created a few polls. It was a cesspit. <laughs> it's an absolute toilet bowl. <laughs> it anyway. is. Yeah. And by the way, there's uh, anybody wondering who's the funniest uh, Dolphins podcaster? There's several, like, real-life comedians that do Dolphins yeah, podcasts. exactly. And there's one guy that's on our podcast who's actually pretty funny. And it's yeah. not me. It's uh, Thanks, buddy. the guy talking to me right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, I'm not a stand-up comedian. No, and you know Benny Hill, which is this, which is which is huge. This shit just comes naturally. I think Benny Hill died before I was even born. We and I'm 45. Had this discussion, and I think he only died like four or five years ago. I'm uh, pretty sure he didn't. I'm going to Google it. <laughs> okay. Keep talking. I'm Google it. He didn't die four or five years ago. If he <laughs> well, did, if he did, well, I mean, I'm not even going to. Right here we go. Yeah, when did he die? Okay, when did you think he died? Three or four years ago? Yeah, I would say like five years ago, like 2015, maybe something like yeah. that. Yeah, he died in 1992, buddy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Fucking hell. I was just getting into college then. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was, I, I had just been born. <laughs> Jesus. Like that. I hadn't really. A long time ago. Well, there hasn't been much to talk about, you know. There's been a lot of no. uh, 
women's World Cup soccer, a lot in the news, but there hasn't been much to talk about. But as of late, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a proposal of having an 18-game season. Did you see this, Simon? I, I did. Is this the Wall Street Journal thing? Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I heard on the grapevine one or two teams were interested in what they had to say. Um, this sort of as part, obviously, the new CBA agreement that that is going to rear its ugly head next season. Ironically, during the NFL's hundredth year, um, and essentially the plan was that I think something like each player was eligible to play a maximum of sixteen games. So it, it, it meant that for one game per season. I mean, imagine that if you are a fan of the New England Patriots. I mean, you're a fucking moron, but imagine if you are. Um, you know, you've paid your ticket. I mean, imagine if you live in London and you've flown over to see the Patriots and for the one week that you're there, it's the week that um, Tom Brady has to sit out. So you get to watch Brian Hoyer <laughs> trying to take apart um, the Ryan Fitzpatrick-less Miami... Do- oh, wait a minute. Actually, that would be a good thing. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. You know, you, yes. you go to Lambeau. This is, you know, one of the great uh, sporting cauldrons of the world. You go to Lambeau Field to watch Aaron Rodgers and unfortunately you get to watch, you know, whoever Aaron Rodgers' backup is this season um, because Aaron has to sit out because it's part of the CEA agreement where, you know, they can only play 16. I mean, that's bullshit. That's never going to happen. It, it just won't happen. I, I don't see any way the league would sign off on that. Yeah, and no, was, the, play, the players don't want it. The players don't want it. I think the fans particularly want it. I saw a couple of polls on the internet on the weekend. Pro Football Talk did one. Uh, Peter King did one. I, I just don't think there's any interest in doing it. And with the issue around head trauma and concussions and things like that and, and player injuries, I mean, I think starting quarterbacks missed 60 games last season in the NFL. I mean, nobody wants more. You know, you don't want to get to the playoffs where Brady isn't playing and Mahomes isn't playing and Rodgers isn't playing and Russell Wilson isn't playing and... You know, that nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see backup players. You want to see the best players on the field. And 18 games means you lessen the chance of doing that. Yeah, and every time I see this proposal, it's, it's always done incorrectly, okay? Like, first of all, like, they didn't really think this through because in this scenario, you would need a backup long snapper. Who has a backup long snapper? You need a backup punter. You need a backup kicker. Yeah. You know, like, like, these are things that they really didn't think through. But every time this proposal is done, it's always done incorrectly. Now, what if you did have an 18-game season, you did away with half of the preseason, made it so nobody pays, plays more than two preseason games, but you added more bye weeks and you extended the season, let's say, into early March? I, I, again, I just can't see it. I mean, you, what happens to the senior bowl? What happens to right. the, all those kind of, you know, the, the knock-on yeah. effect? You won't be having the draft until like June. So that knocks the, 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 the well, lack of time. They, maybe they do what the NBA does, where the NBA finals is one week, then you have a week off, and then you have the draft the following week. Yeah, I just can't see it. What with the combine and uh, and workouts and all those sorts of things? I just yeah, and I, I like I think the NFL likes the way that, that there are three hundred and sixty five day a year, whatever the word is. It's late here. Um, yeah. I, they like the fact that it, it's spread out evenly through the off season. It makes the off season interesting. I just don't think that you know finishing the season in March. I don't think anybody wants that. Really, do they? Yeah, I don't think anybody wants that because they were back playing again. I mean, no. I've always no. felt that that they were missing at least one bye week. Like I think one bye week alone, I think is too little for for teams. I think sixteen games is absolutely fine. I just don't think anybody wants 
I just don't think anybody wants anything other than what they've got at the moment. Because uh, this is just this is just money. This mm-hmm. is a you know somebody in the NFL seems determined to kind of kill the the golden goose. Yeah, and I don't well, I quite a, understand why beyond greed. Yeah, well, I got a proposal for them. If they want money, do what Jerry Jones proposed a couple of off seasons ago, which was add a playoff team to each conference, have seven playoff teams in each conference, and then here's a better idea. Just don't fuck with it. It's a really good product. Don't fuck with it. Although if you have you know some I mean? playoff teams, you do get some of those nine and sevens and ten and sixes that have been out in, and then you do reward your top seed with the only bye week in the first week. Yeah, except that then your top seed often – I mean, the, I think the bigger issue for playoffs is that your top seed could – you know, your top seed is fine, but the team that's won – you know, let's say the, let's say – Two teams go fifteen and one in mm-hmm. the AFC West, and they lose a game to each other. Um, but the the Patriots go fifteen and one as well. That third fifteen and one team, you know, that they have to play a week when a team that's nine and seven has. Do you know what I mean? They they yeah. have a home playoff game. So a team that's won six more games doesn't get a home playoff game. That's a bigger issue for me than it is for adding an extra team in the playoffs. I mean. I just don't uh, – just don't why, – why fuck with it? Yeah. It works really well. Yeah, you one know, thing the, they do definitely have to do is reseed by schedule and award the, the team with the better record the home games during the playoffs. I do believe that because there is no reason why a team that is 8-8 eight and eight should host a 12-14. and 14. And that's already happened because mm. I think uh, – I believe it was Seattle that was 7-9. and nine. It was that yeah. great game where they won in overtime or they won – That's right. Was was it the, was it an overtime when Marshawn Lynch ran into the? That's end right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they played a twelve and fourteen, and they were at home. <laughs> you oh, know, no. like that made no sense to me. But yeah, that's something they do have to fix. You know, another thing that was in the news, and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it, was Jim Caldwell mm. will not be in the sidelines this year. He will be only consulting, as it were. What do you make yeah. of it? Well, I mean, look, it's um, it's clearly. I mean, I would imagine it's. He I don't want to speculate, but you would assume, given his age, that it potentially a cancerous or a leukemia type issue. Whatever it is, we wish him the very best. Uh, ultimately, you know, it's a disappointment for the team, selfishly, but you know, he needs to get himself right. He's a good coach, a good guy. He's uh, clearly well liked in the team. He's been taken to very quickly. Uh, my understanding is that. Um, He's been a huge help to Brian Flores and to the team generally um, and sort of regarded as a sort of senior figure that people can go to. And, you know, he certainly helped Flores through those early rocky stages. Um, and it, the onus falls on the shoulders of, of Jerry Slapinski, who people are incredibly high on. You know, he looks like a future offensive coordinator. I know from people in New England that he is viewed long-term as a future head coach and probably would be already an offensive coordinator were he not in New England anyway. Um, because, you know, just the log jam and, and people rarely move on and obviously stuck behind Josh McDaniels and, and um, Chad O'Shea. So I think, um, you know, I think all things point to him having a much bigger role. But ultimately, you wish Jim Caldwell the best and hope that next season, because, you know, Chris made this point, and I'm sure he'll make it when he speaks to him later. Chris made this point that actually, realistically, Jim Caldwell is more valuable next season when you are starting... Tua Tungavailoa slash Jordan Love slash Justin Herbert slash Jake yeah. from slash whoever 
or the following year when you're starting Trevor Lawrence slash Justin Fields slash you know uh, Brock Purdy slash whoever that that's when Jim Caldwell is most important uh, and it seems to me and to all of us I think on the podcast that Josh Rosen has been fine but he has struggled uh, to grasp the playbook and he's significantly far behind Ryan Fitzpatrick that it almost doesn't feel like there's a competition at quarterback and I feel like if he doesn't win the job well he's been outplayed um, yeah you know I mean look Ryan Fitzpatrick's not going to make it through the season so he's going to play at some point but yeah. I don't think uh, you know unless Fitzpatrick gets injured in, the, in training camp I think uh, Josh Rosen won't start and I think that's a fairly damning indictment on where he is and I think it's a, a fairly big red underlining that the Dolphins will be looking at the quarterback position next year and all the year after mm-hmm yeah, and you know it's a lot of people are saying that this is a huge blow for Josh Rosen, and if they're saying that it's a huge blow for Josh Rosen, is that they expect Josh Rosen to get a, a run past this pat this year? I think you know. I think I, I think that I don't necessarily think people think that, but you know, you've still got to accept that people can believe that there is still something left in the Josh Rosen tank. You know, he's still only a kid. Yeah. He's still only a baby, you know, and Jim Caldwell would have helped him regardless of whether or not he was starting or regardless, you know, or whether or not he was the number two quarterback. Because ultimately, look, even if he doesn't work out as a starter of the Dolphins, you go into next season, let's say the Dolphins draft Tua Tungavailoa, you would imagine Tua would come in and you'd probably push him to be the starter. But you've got a pretty decent backup quarterback in Josh Rosen making absolutely minimal money mm. for the next two years. That's a plus in a league where people get injured all the time. You know, that's, I don't think that should be sniffed at at all. You know, if he was making 10 million a year, but he's not. You know, he's making right. 2 million a year. And that's, you know, that's a boon for the Dolphins. That's got to be seen as a positive. And in a quarterback friendly league, in terms of there aren't enough quarterbacks out there, everybody wants one. You know, if Josh Rosen plays five or six games pretty decently in replacement to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but not decently enough to think he's the answer. But he's still, you know, there's still a potential where some team can go, well, oh, crikey, Derek Carr's got injured in the, you know, in the third game of the preseason. He's broken his leg. And, you know, how about a fourth round pick for Josh Rosen? Or maybe there Josh are... Rosen looks really good and they send us a second. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. But then at that point, you might not be drafting to it. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah. there's, there, there's a lot of cogs in motion, I think. And I, I can't, we can't just see it as a black and white. He's either good or he's out because I don't think that's what it'll be. If he's, if he's, if he's the backup quarterback, then he's a very solid backup quarterback for us to have for one slash two slash three seasons at a very cheap deal. He's also a potential trade chip, not necessarily for what we gave up for him, but you know, you could potentially get something back for him because this is a quarterback needy league. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. Cause I asked this of, of Chris and we were kind of confused as we were asking each other this question, but what kind of season does Josh Rosen have to have to keep you, from drafting a quarterback in the first round in the 2020 draft? Um, I mean, you'd like to see him win the starting job, first of all, which mm-hmm. we've already discussed that we don't think... I mean, look, he just has to look better than he did the season before. He has to come in, cut down the interceptions, cut down some of the the the, the, the bad throws that he made. Um, I think it's beyond the realms of possibility because I think this team is so bad, you know, and I think that will be borne out you know, but you know, you look at those two lines, and I think ultimately, you know, you win games in the trenches, and our trenches are pretty bad. 
Um, and I think, you know, you're going to be able to, you're going to struggle to protect a quarterback and an aging quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're going to be uh, struggle to be able to run the ball because the offensive line is so bad. And you're going to struggle to get pressure on opposing quarterbacks, which is going to put huge pressure on the defensive secondary um, because the defensive line is so bad. So, you know, you're going to have to be using different ways and means to get to the quarterback. Um, I think that, you know, so I think it's beyond the realms of possibility to say, oh, Josh Rose is going to throw 40 touchdowns and six picks. If he does that, then all bets are off. Yeah. It's unlikely to happen. I think what you're looking for is a bit of a progression yeah. given the shitty state of the team. I just don't think he's going to come in and, and become Patrick Mahomes because I don't think the team is good enough for him to carry. You know, I, quarterbacks carry teams, mm. but sometimes the team has to be there to help carry the quarterback. I don't think you can just be, you know, Sid Luckman wasn't Sid Luckman because everybody else was shit and he was great. Johnny Unitas wasn't amazing because the rest of the Baltimore team was shit. You know, Otto Graham wasn't arguably the greatest quarterback of all time because the Browns were terrible. They were, do you see what I mean? Mm. There has to be some, you know, the, the component parts still have to be there for a quarterback to elevate himself. He can lift good, you know, he can lift mediocre players and make them good. He can lift good players and make them great. It's hard to lift shit players yeah. because you're only ever going to make them mediocre. And, you know, that's ultimately, you know, let's be brutal. We have a very below average roster. Yeah, I tried to get Chris to commit to, you know, <laughs> what it would take. And he basically said, if he duplicates Tannehill's best season, I still take a quarterback in the first round. If he's above average in every single category, I still take a quarterback in the first round. And I would say this, if Josh Rosen is above league average in every single category, it shows that he's actually taking a step forward. And you know what? I still take a quarterback in the first round. I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be a fascinating discussion because here is the discussion. And I'm sure I have this on relatively good authority that the the Dolphins have split the quarterback assessment of this year. They've essentially not just looked at quarterbacks in 2019. They have looked at quarterbacks in a group of 2019, 2020, and predicted 2021. Very hard to do when you're looking at freshmen and and redshirt freshmen. Mm -hmm. But that group of Lawrence, Fields, Purdy, the kid at Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, all those kind of kids that, you know, the the 2020 kids, and and not just Tours and Jordan Loves and Herberts and Fromms, but also Stephen Montez and KJ Costello and Sam Erlinger and Derek King and, and those guys that they have been graded in a, not just a year on year, it's throw the whole pot together and let's see where we get to. And we've talked about this ad infinitum, but there are transcendent quarterback talents coming down the pipe. Do you pass up? Do you think that Josh Rosen, the ultimate decision is, do you think Josh Rosen will be good enough to take you to a Super Bowl given his trajectory? And if so, does that mean that you're comfortable ignoring Lawrence to a, Herbert, whoever it is that you fancy, and mm. taking AJ Epeniza or your Turgros Matos or uh, Chase Young or you know one of those guys, um, that's the decision that you're ultimately going to make. Or do you think that actually uh, I cannot pass over a transcendent quarterback talent, a John Elway, a an Andrew Luck, a Peyton Manning, uh, you know one of the a Patrick Mahomes? I cannot pass these guys up because they are too good and I think what you'll see as well is that you know all four of those quarterbacks Herbert, Tua, Love, Jake Fromm will all have excellent seasons and they'll almost make themselves un, un what the, whatever the opposite of undraftable is 
you know, unmissable, as it were. Yeah. You, you almost won't be able to pass them up. And you'll see teams as well with good, you know, you might see the, you know, you might see the New England Patriots. You might see the, um, the Green Bay Packers. You might see teams with solid quarterbacks looking, Maybe thinking. Up. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, look, two years ago, there was a lot of talk that was confirmed by Ben Berlin that the Patriots were looking to move up to take Baker Mayfield. You could easily have seen the Patriots taking Kyler Murray. You could easily see next year the Patriots moving up to take Justin Herbert or Jordan Love or Jake Fromm, who fits that system style that Josh McDaniels, who's clearly going to be the next, um, the next head coach of New England. Josh, uh, Jake Fromm to New England fits pretty well in terms of what Fromm has and the sorts of things that you look for, that, that Josh Daniels looks for in that model New England quarterback you could absolutely see it and you know and Tom Brady doesn't show a lot of signs of wearing down but smart teams do smart things and I think the Dolphins will have to be a smart team and I, I just don't think Josh Rosen will be good enough to elevate himself to a level where you say this is the guy this is the guy we really need yeah on the Twitter, decision will come too soon yeah on Twitter I said that this is probably the best class since 2004 and if you remember in 2004 the San Diego Chargers had a, a young quarterback that was ascending that everybody kind of liked in Drew Brees. And they went out and they got Phillip Rivers. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Who knows? It could even be San Diego. Maybe they stumble this year and they go seven and nine, eight and eight, and they sell the farm for one of these quarterbacks. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm. So there'll be competition for that. Like if the Dolphins go eight and eight, they're going to have to spend picks to get their quarterback. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, of course. And they've got picks. Yeah. They've got picks. But if they go eight and eight, uh, uh, if they go eight and eight, then, and I suspect they won't do it with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they'll do it with Josh McDaniels, then, you know, all of a sudden you think to yourself, well, I tell you what, what if we take, what if we take Tyler Biadash at, at center or we take one of those, I mean, there's some serious offensive tackles. Why don't we take the kid from Iowa, the right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to be a very high pick. Why don't we take a, the, the kid from Penn State that I just talked about? Why don't we take AJ Epenezer, the, the kid at Iowa, who just looks an absolute machine. Um, you know, look at some of those cornerbacks, the kid at Alabama, the, the Bryce Hall at Virginia. You know, you've got two seconds, two thirds, two fourths, two fifths, two sixths, two sevenths. There's an awful lot you can do with that team. Do you know what I mean? If you, mm. if you draft right, if you think that, wow, okay, Rosen has done really well and the, the, you know, the arrow is definitely up. It's a big decision for Chris Greer. Does he, does he think to himself he's got enough in that quarterback in Josh Rosen? Or does he think, you know what? I kind of can see where his ceiling is going to be and it's not going to be high enough mm-hmm. because, you know, it, it's a tough decision. That's what he's paid for, but it will be a very tough decision. The, the caveat to that is that he invests those draft picks wisely. He selects lots of good players. He wheels and deals and he collects himself a, a, a series of bonus picks for 2021 and he buys himself a year. He buys himself and Rosen an extra year to think, okay, Josh, you've proved enough you haven't proved completely, but you've proved enough that I tell you what, I'm going to take Chase Young with the third overall pick. I'm going to take, you know, the best corner available and the best right tackle available uh, in the second round. I'm going to take that center, you know, from Oregon State in the third round. I'm going to take that running back from, you know, do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's buying himself for next year because he knows that there's also a cavalcade of quarterbacks coming in 2021 as well. You've got, you know, Purdy, the Drew Brees alike. You've got Trevor Lawrence, who could just be beyond special. You've got Justin Fields, who's got, you know, the upside is off the charts. He's Michael Vick slash Randall Cunningham. You know, it's it's going to be fascinating. I could see Greer buying himself a year 
if Rosen is good enough. Yeah, I just I, I would just caution Chris Greer, don't overthink it. Just do what the Chargers did. The Chargers knew they had an up an ascending, you know, uptrending commodity and Drew Brees, and they just went out and they got Phillip Rivers. And did they make a mistake? Did they really make a mistake? You know, well, you know, Drew Brees is one of the best of all time. Is he better than Phillip Rivers? Absolutely. But did they really make a mistake? You know, it was it was a matter of an evaluation that went sideways on them. But they got themselves a good quarterback anyway. Phillip Rivers has an outside shot at the Hall of Fame. You know, his yardage totals and his touchdowns are going to say something about that. So I wouldn't overthink it. I don't care what Josh Rosen does. Take a quarterback. If you have two really good ones, you could trade one for a second-round pick, you know, in a year's time or so. Well, we have training camp next week. I don't know what you're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to if there's going to be an honest quarterback battle. But what are you looking forward to, Simon? Um, do you know what? I've sort of zoned out a little bit because I know it's going to be bad. <laughs> Although, I will say this. Next week when Chris is around, we're going to go really in-depth, position by position, so we can really see how bad this team really is. Do, but, you know what I'm looking for? do you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for the improvements in some of the players that you know are going to stick around and be important pieces. Yeah. Laramie Tunsil is one of them. You know, is Michael Dieter going to be a guy? Um, Christian Wilkins needs to take over a senior role. Charles Harris might be the most important player, maybe apart from Josh Rosen on the entire team in terms of expectation level. Charles Harris, year three, if it's not working for him this year, it's not working for him. That's it. You know, these are some of the guys where you think, actually, if Charles Harris suddenly turns in an eight, nine sack season, looks really good. Then you think, okay, there's a piece there. Christian Wilkins has a great year. Okay, there's a piece there. You want to see the same level of improvement from year two to year three that you saw in year one to year two with Davon Godshaw and with Vincent Taylor. Those are important pieces that you want to see. Then you want to see the Jerome Baker. How much, you know, Baker looks a physical freak. You know, he's added weight, he's added muscle, mm. mentality seems on point. You know, what, I'm so intrigued to see how Baker is used in this defense. Raquel McMillan, another one. Is he going to be that Dante Hightower that they've talked about? Is, it, is that the role for him? These are the important things. You need to, these, you're not necessarily looking for Ray Lewis's. You're not looking for, for Champ Bailey's. You're not looking for Richard Seymour's. But what you're looking for are guys that you think, okay, he can be on my team next year when I know that I've got 14 draft picks. Do you know what I mean? The, I can add, uh, you know, I can add a, a Stephen Quarterman. I can add a Bryce Hall. I can add a, you know, a Chase Young to this group. And I know all of a sudden this defense is going to be fantastic. And similarly with the offensive line, you think, okay, Tunsil is there. Dieter is there. Now I can add a Biadash and a Tristan Worsh. And all of a sudden I've got a pretty great offensive line. No, we have a hundred million in cap space coming to us. Well, exactly. You could buy exactly. people too. You know, th- these are the important things. I think that you're looking for first year guys second year guys and Harris is the third year guy to step up and think because we know Fitzpatrick is going to be Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be really good he's just naturally a gifted footballer you're just looking for some of those guys that you think okay you've made that step what about those kids the the corner kids Armstrong and Davis you know, you're looking for those guys to push to push does does the kid from Clemson um who injured his knee, does he have anything left in the tank or is he gone? You just need somebody to step up and say, okay, the end of the 16-game season, 
I know that you're going to be around next year and you're going to be a serious contributor. That's what I think I'm looking for. I'm not looking for us to make a playoff run. I'm, I'm not looking for us to win six games. But what I am looking for is players that I can count on in 2020 and 2021 where we've got camp space, draft picks and the arrows absolutely pointing up on this team because that's what you need ultimately. Yeah, what I'm looking forward to is this. I remember with the past regime, uh, Matt Burke and Adam Gase and such, uh, I was told specifically one time out of practice that, quote unquote, we want set it and forget it guys. Meaning we want guys that we don't have to be constantly teaching and prodding and pushing to get things right, to do things the right way. This coaching staff seems to be a little bit different. This coaching staff seems to actually want to outthink and outsmart people. So I'm interested in seeing what these what schemes they're actually cooking up because one thing I have noticed so far after going to minicamp and after watching whatever those things were called that Adam Gase called practices the past three years, they were very laid back, very relaxed. After watching minicamp, that looked like what I remember football practices used to look like. Very regimented, very, you know, to the point, hands-on. And what I found really interesting is was one of these last, one of the last minicamp practices, I saw Chad O'Shea and Eric Studsville spent in excess of half an hour teaching Kenyon Drake how to properly run, run a swing pass route. Okay. I never saw anything like that during the three years of Adam Gase. I guess it was just assumed that guys knew how to do it, but they were trying to teach him the intricacies of how to come out of the break and how to receive the ball. So, and, and, and it was kind of interesting because I was standing right there and they were trying to tell him, if you come out of your break in this angle and you catch it here, you're already leading toward out of bounds. Mm. But if you cut it here and you catch it here, you can go outside or you can go inside. And it was really interesting how these guys had a different insight on something as simple as a swing pass of all things. So... You know, we had a coaching staff that really didn't want to do too much teaching with a coaching staff now that really wants to teach and wants to outsmart people. Now they might not have the horses to do so, but I like to see them try. And I, I guess that's what I'm really interested in seeing this time around. And of course, you know, I want to see further development. I want to see Kane Drake take a, a step forward and become who most of us think he could be. Although I have my doubts. Yeah, no, I agree. You, you just want you just want um, fundamentally sound footballers as well. Mm -hmm. I also find it interesting that Rashad Jones has changed his tune, and the team is changing its tune toward Rashad Jones. I guess nobody wants to pony up any picks for him. No, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, so now they're they're making it sound as if oh he's on the he's in the long term plans, which is which is I don't know. I, I just don't see it. I don't see how they can pay pay him that much at that age for next year. You know, but I don't know who, who will take him off our hands. I know I know one guy that definitely has value, and that's Kenny Stills, and there's been no move yep. there, and we don't know yet about what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you know, that's where we would naturally send Kenny, and I think we'd get something for him. I think we'd get something good for him. Maybe, like we traded, what would we, what did we trade for Kenny Stills? It was a third-round pick and the rights to that linebacker that we had, right? Um, yeah. That was it. So can we get a third-round pick back? I don't know. If, if Kansas City is desperate enough, you know, they find themselves with no deep threat and Pat Mahomes, you know, trying to win a Super Bowl, then maybe. Mm. But I don't know. Uh, I, I just don't know. Well, this is like a, a, 
you know, it's a running pastime, but we do it every single year. And that's when the Madden ratings come out. We all get up in arms and bitch about where they rate these guys. And it turns out that one of the guys who's the head raider, I guess you could say, is a Cowboys fan. And all day today on Twitter, people have been complaining how certain Cowboy players have been, I guess, upgraded while their favorite players have been downgraded. There's one player in particular on the Dolphins that, I don't know, they have it out for him. And I had a long discussion with this guy on Twitter about six months ago. And back then he was explaining to me that he didn't think that Xavier Howard, and this was a preview, I should have seen it coming. He was explaining to me that he didn't think that Xavier Howard was among the top 30 defensive backs in the NFL. Hmm. Okay. Idiots. Well, yeah, he's an idiot. The ratings came out today, and Xavier Howard is an 83. Okay. okay. An 83, which means he's the 27th ranked cornerback. That's horseshit. Yeah, it's absolutely horseshit. They also put Larry, they- Larry Tunsil as an 84. Now, this is supposedly, now, let's be clear. This is not like five guys in a room. This is supposed to be like a consortium of like ex-scouts and ex-college recruiters that do these ratings. What the hell are they watching? What are they I getting know. from this? I know. It's, um, I saw Keenan Allen. I mean, I haven't seen any of the, the, the ratings at all, but I saw Keenan Allen complaining about his strength. It was 69 or something. And um, <laughs> he was in his car filming a video. And, you know, Keenan Allen's one of the best receivers in the NFL and one of the top three or four route runners in the NFL. You can take that one, Travis. Um, and, um, yeah, it's um, you know, bizarre. Ultimately, who, I mean, players clearly care, but who cares? <laughs> players care because I guess it's a marketing thing, you know? Because they have that, yeah. that thing where you could build your own team and you get like these these postcards and I guess players do get a cut from sales of those things. Right. So naturally, if your guy is doesn't have a high rating, people are not going to want him. So I guess they don't get a cut of it. So there's a money component to this. Yeah. But some of this is kind of insulting. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, by the way, the biggest dropper is Rashad Jones. He dropped like almost seven points in one season, which, okay, fair. Wow. You know, he's older. But the top-rated Dolphin is Kenny Stills at 84. Really? Yes. Tunsil is right there with him at 84 also, which is strange when, you know, most of the top tackles, left tackles really are in the 90s or high. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that's just, I think that's more reflection of the Dolphins than Larry Tunsil, I think. Yes, I think that what they, they are doing, by the way, the Dolphins are the lowest-rated team in the entire game, okay? Uh, and they have a, a six-nine rating on offense, which is might, maybe the worst ever. I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember another, you know, team having a worse rating than a sixty-nine. But yeah, I think it has. Mo- this is mostly to do with we think they're going to be bad, so let's give them bad ratings to make sure that they're bad. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I agree, and uh, I, like I said, I just think it's a, a reflection of the fact that we're shit. So let's write him for shit. So, which is fair, I suppose. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Well, it's been fun, Simon. It has Next been. week, hopefully, we'll back. have Chris, and we'll do an in-depth training camp preview. I will be at every single training camp practice this nice. year. Every single one. I'll be right there, right in Brian Flores' ear. I'll be in the press conferences. I'll be everywhere. I will be providing updates on FiveReasonSports.com as well as well as on the three yards per carry account. All right. 
Talk to you guys next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.